Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Manja the Podcast. For today's episode, we are talking about all things art, from illustration, traditional, digital, and street art. You may have seen today's guest art being featured in publications like The New Yorker, The New York Times, Apple, or have seen some of his beautiful murals painted in the streets of New York City and in our own Manja stores. Today, we are joined by fellow New Yorker, fine artist, illustrator, and DJ, John P. Thissero. How are you? Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm good. Thank you for having me. First of all, again, thank you for being here. And can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do and who you are? Sure. Uh, my name is John P. Desiro. I'm a artist, an illustrator, and a DJ. Uh, I'm from the Bronx, New York. I, uh, I live in Brooklyn, New York. I've been in Brooklyn for more than a decade. Uh, I do a lot of editorial illustration. Uh, I've recently worked with Vanity Fair. I've worked with The New Yorker. I've worked with The New York Times. I've worked with Apple. Um, and uh, I've worked with Manja. Um, uh, also, I just want to say that your work is absolutely stunning. And one can see like lots of like styles, like surrealism and impersonism, while giving off a little bit of like those comic book and even digital illustration vibes, which I love, like incorporated in your art. Like, how did you develop your art style? How was that process like? So my my style and kind of art sensibility uh, came from a mix of two worlds. Uh, the the mix of like the fine art traditional world and the uh, and comic books and graffiti. So it's kind of the two things that I was exposed to the most um, growing up in New York City, being able to be around tons and tons of museums and also being around great street art. And I always had a uh, fixation with comic books and narrative art and um, storytelling like that. Uh, I was always into like kind of when I was young, like dirty comics, things that were kind of naughty. Um, like Robert Crumb and and uh, and um, Guy Colwell, and things like that that are kind of like edgy. It just really caught my attention. It's pretty. It's kind of pretty much how I learned how to read. <laughs> I learned how to read from reading. <laughs> nice. That actually like um, matches like my next question because I wanted to ask you like what are some of your like all time inspirations for your artwork and like if there are any other artists or specific places you're influenced by, which you basically answered. But yeah. if you want to add more yeah. to that. Um, well, like I was saying, I love, I love editorial illustration, and I love like the artwork that's in the New Yorker and in the New York Times and stuff. Things that accompany articles that you read, and I was fixated on those things when I was a kid. Also, I would tear out pages from like the New Yorker and from Juxtapose and from all kinds of publications and like hang them up as, as like posters. So I love a lot of editorial illustration illustrators. I learned from a lot of my favorite people, which is like a real blessing. Uh, people like um, Stephen Brodner and Rudy Gutierrez. And um, I love uh, Francis Picabia, who's an impressionist. It's like artwork that I would see at the Met. Obviously things like Picasso, stuff like that. So it's really a mix of a couple of different worlds. Amazing. And now let's get into this. So for all the listeners, John is Manja's artist in residence, and he has worked on unique installations for all three Manja stores. And like, can you share with us like more about the work you have done at Manja and like the technique of using like vinyl on tiles, which is, I love like all the designs. It's so cool. That technique was totally new to me when I started 
working with Manja. I never did it. Really? Yeah, I never did it before. You can't. Yeah, like, I, I, learned on, I learned on the fly. I, I got introduced um, to Sasha and Elena through um, a friend of mine, and uh, they kind of put an open call out looking for an artist to do some mural work. And I met with them, and I and I saw the space, and I said yes to the gig before I even knew how to work on the tile. So after I said yes, I had to um, I had to research how to how to do it, and um, I found I I, fi I figured it out over time, and it was very difficult. <laughs> it was a very difficult. Really? Now, did you like yeah, practice? Now, did you like um, practice beforehand? <clears throat> no. No, no. That was like your first try. No, I, I watched some YouTube videos. And um, I got some insight from the people that did the the uh, the, the cutting, uh, the vinyl cutting. Um, they you know told me how to apply it and stuff, and gave me like a little plastic tool. It's like a scraper that you use to install. And um, I went from there, and and I got better over it, better over time, because each piece was a um, a panel. So every time I did a panel, I learned a little bit more. Amazing! And how long did that took you? Like uh, like doing one store? Like how did it? Well, each one is different. The, the one on 57th Street is really large. That took a while. I think it took about a month. I had to go back and forth a couple of times. Oh, wow. And the one on 23rd Street, it was, like, I think, an entire day. Oh, that's such a difference. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the, the one at uh, 57th, there's, like, um, the stairs, and yes. it's kind of awkward, awkward located, and it, the, it the artwork goes in a diagonal up the stairs so it, to line everything up and to get it to fit was very was difficult but that's crazy that that was like your first try using that technique and it looks amazing like oh, honestly you. I couldn't tell it's thank fantastic you. and now I absolutely like love the illustrations you made for the New York like vaccine education project to spread the word about the Yankee Stadium and the city field being used as vaccination sites at the moment and as an illustrator and overall artist uh, what does this type of work like mean to you and how is your creative process during creating this type of art like promoting that um, kind of stuff um, well it's great to make artwork that uh, it's going to help people um, I'd worked with the city before uh, on the census and I did some animations and I did some illustrations for the census to encourage people to fill out the 2020 census. And they reached out to me recently um, and asked if I'd be interested in helping them spread um, vaccine awareness and get information out there. Um, they, the city is planning to kind of roll out um, very much a campaign to encourage people to get vaccinated when it's their time. Um, and I think that when it becomes available to everybody, there's going to be a little bit of a challenge of getting people excited to go do it. So some artwork can help do that. Um, and anytime I can illustrate for New York, uh, I, I love to do that stuff. Yeah, I, I grew agree. Up, I grew up, you know, uh, I grew up a New Yorker and, I, and I, I've done artwork for the Knicks and like I was saying, working with the Times and the New Yorker, anything that can give me a chance to kind of rep my city is is nice. Of course. And also, I just wanted to mention that um, during this pandemic, there has been like a lot of artists from all over the world, like sharing their art through social media and even like creating art that represents like how they've been feeling during these crazy times, art that comforts others and even like sharing resources or helpful information through fun illustrations and designs just like you did. 
And like, has this been something that has motivated you or inspired you to create more or even like maybe the opposite? I don't know. Um, well, definitely, definitely the pandemic, the silver lining for me was that it gave me the opportunity to make more art. Um, I was running around DJing a lot before the pandemic hit. And um, when the pandemic hit and we were all forced to be in our homes uh, and kind of uh, just being under lockdown, we had a lot more time. And I had a lot more time to focus on the artwork that I wanted to make that I kind of had been putting off or that I had been working on a little bit. So I was able to gain a lot of time to be able to work on my craft. And for me, creating art is a, a lot of it is like journaling. So it's kind of doc documenting documenting my experience, documenting my feelings. So the social distance and the isolation and stuff kind of gave me this little bit of melancholy that I can work with to create um, artwork that I like making, things that are kind of cerebral and, and uh, observant. That, that was kind of the, like I said, silver lining blessing for me. Working with, I, I worked with The Times, The New Yorker, and Vanity Fair all in the pandemic. Before the pandemic, I had never worked with those publications. Oh. And they were all real, real dreams of mine to work with. So to have the time to be able to just focus and to draw and to think and to plan was something that I probably took for granted before the pandemic. It's amazing that that all happened during the pandemic, like during yeah. quarantine. But that's incredible. Yeah. Um, also, like, what artwork do you like most enjoy creating or like project? That's tough. I mean, every project is different, and I like them all for different reasons. Um, at the moment, I really like things that are accompanied by an article. Like, like I said, working with the New Yorker was a dream of mine. So to be able to create an illustration for a book review something that goes out into the New Yorker's email and in the magazine and on the website and stuff. I really like when my artwork can be discovered um, on, through another topic. It's that I, I really enjoy that because it takes the focus off of me as a, an ego and as an artist and it kind of just creates, um, I become a storyteller and I like any kind of art that I can tell a story that's more than just about like, look at me and what I do. So that's where my head's at now, but whenever murals come through, I love being able to paint large scale. Um, I love to be able to have the time to sit and animate something. I, I really do enjoy all of it. So it's a tough, I don't know if that's a good answer, but that's that's what I got. No, yeah, that's a great answer. Thank you. And also like, I just wanted to know, like, how did you feel like receiving the email, like from the, from like uh, those illustrations and you're like, oh, my artwork is right here on the New York Times and the New Yorker, like this um, has to be amazing. When the New Yorker emailed me to ask, to, to inquire if I was interested in doing an article, I, I totally cried. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 did. I, had a, I had a moment. I was like, "Oh, cool!" And and I, yeah, I got choked up. But it, it it changes quickly. You go. You, there's a bit of excitement, and then you're then there, you kind of have to get focused, and you feel like, "All right, well, I got to get to work because there's deadlines, and you want to make sure that you do a good job so that they call you back." You know? Yeah, so yeah, of course. It comes with. It's like a ton of. It's it comes with a bit of anxiety and excitement. Um, and you immediately, I immediately jump. It's like, it's like emergency surgery. 
you know, you get you get an email like this, and and they they're asking you for artwork for a mag for an article, and you kind of drop everything and you start sketching and coming up with ideas, and you get to work right away, so that you can maximize the amount of time before the deadline. That's a process, right? That's like that's a lot. Like a lot a lot of people don't like think about that. Like I I have a friend who is also an illustrator, and she's like. Um, like she has her big like job now and she's like oh my god the deadline she's like she even loses creativity sometimes she's like I don't want to paint anymore have you gone through that have you gone to like blocks like that you're like I don't want to do this anymore just because of like the pressure or the deadlines or stuff like that um well the the deadlines and the pressure they they actually they help motivate me they keep me on they keep me on ball I I, I like I have a competitive spirit So I like a challenge. I like when there is a, a finish line and, and something has to be done at a certain time. I love pushing myself at, like to to almost to a flaw. You know, I'll, I'll stay up all night and work on something. I can kind of fall into a slump when I am in between projects. If I'm working on something, I'm good to go. But let's say if, if I clear a bunch of projects and then it's time to either work on new things or to come up with new ideas. I can have a little bit of delay, and that that that's usually when I'll go to a museum. Maybe I'll read, or um, and then I'll and then from there I'll slowly start opening my sketchbooks and then start doodling and drawing and writing down things, and then a new project starts. That's kind of how the flow is. Cool. And also, I wanted to talk about a little about your collaboration with artists Untold and creating like custom hoodies and sweatshirts, like back in October of 2020 when they launched. Um, what was your inspiration for the designs, and how was that process of collaborating with a clothing brand? Well, working with artists untold is is awesome. It's great because I make the artwork, and they handle everything else. They handle all of the shipping and printing and sizing and all of the stuff that comes with the business of merchandise that I don't have time in the studio for. You know, I, I'm in my studio every day, and I I draw and paint and work. You know, eight to ten hours a day, so I don't have the time to do a merchandise store. Especially, well, let me correct that: like a merchandise store involving clothing. So clothing is about sizing and shipping and materials and stuff, and I don't really have the patience for it. Um, they're a great brand. They you know, they work with a lot of, under, of with all underrepresented black and brown artists, so it's nice to be on that roster, and it's it's, it's like a real thrill to work with them. In terms of the imagery and the artwork, uh, what I when I'm working on things, I just work on them, and then I figure out where they're best suited. So I was working on images about the pandemic and how I was feeling about social isolation and things like that. And some of those projects would lend themselves to being ideas for illustration, and then other projects would lend themselves to be good ideas for merchandise and for t-shirts. So I pretty much go through my sketchbooks and go through my artworks that I'm making and I think where does where does what piece live and feel good. That's great. And also apart from being an incredible illustrator, you are also a DJ, have like you mentioned. How did that come to be? How did that happen? Um I when I moved to Brooklyn when I was like 19, 20 years old. And I had no money, and um, I was working as a barback in, uh, in like a big—I don't want to call it club, but this kind of big dive place here in Williamsburg. And um, I 
figured out that I was making roughly the same amount of money as the DJ and I was doing so much more work. So I kind of like went on a hunt and became friends with all of the DJs that worked at this place. And on my off days, I would go and hang out with them and learn how to DJ. And I did that for maybe a year. Then from there, I, I was able to shift from like bar backing to DJing in in these in um, in this place and in in other places similar to it. And over time, over I mean over a long time, over like more than a decade, I worked my way up to working in kind of swanky hotel lounges and um music is it, it, i think about music in the same way i think about art it kind of takes up the same space in my brain um but i've never really had the skill to sit and make music i've, I've only I, i've only like learned how to share it really well and like have a good ear and know a lot of the history and know where music is sampled from and stuff. So DJing is strictly about sharing the content and helping create that comfortable energy while art is the true passion. Awesome. And like during quarantine in the beginning when everybody was like stuck at home, were you like playing around with it or did you like not do DJing or anything? Um, I DJed a bit of some things. I did some charity stuff to help raise money like on my Instagram live and I DJed an outdoor dining kind of experience at uh, PDA cool. Pizza in, in Brooklyn and some good friends of mine who I also did artwork with and other than that I really put it down because I was working a lot I was DJing two to three times a week for almost years you know the occasional vacation here and there but I always, I'm a worker bee, you know, like I, I'm always, I'm working. So when DJing stopped, I really sat down and stopped. I even stopped listening to music because I just, I, I was so thrilled to get a break. I, I listened to podcasts and like audiobooks and, you know, meditation stuff and other stuff. Just took a total break from music. But now I, I'm kind of more, um, interested in listening catching up on what's been put out in different sounds nice and last but not least i wanted to ask you like what's your go-to meal lately either like you make at home or like order out what you've been into um i thought about this question a lot because i was like there's two answers i mean i one i i, I order you know pad thai fairly often and i that's a big right who's not eating like takeout pad thai right now but i think my go-to meal is i love breakfast food i can have breakfast food at any time oh my god so, so can i honestly it, yeah and and um in this in this time period you know what is morning sometimes mornings are and you know one in the afternoon sometimes they're at eight in the morning um so i like to make for breakfast i can i make two eggs um soft boiled which is a which is its own art form and uh i i'll take the whole egg you know take de-shell it and then put it on a small bed of spinach um with a piece of toast and a cup of coffee maybe a tangerine and 
that's my that's my like go-to meal where it's like a little nice. bit of protein, a little bit of veggies, piece of fruits and coffee and then I'm good to go. Amazing. That's way better than my answer. I was thinking I'm 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 like asking this to you but I'm like, hmm, chicken and waffles for me. Is, is <laughs> like chicken and waffles your go-to meal? I uh, not go to but I would love to but like that's my favorite. I love chicken and waffles. Really? Like, uh, for, yes. Put me to sleep. I got to <laughs> I got to eat I got to eat in ways that I can keep moving cuz I love to eat and I I got I love when I go to Manja and just like get everything. Yes. The food is so good, but in my day to day I really I like I'll try to like take some, you know, get little power meals and then when yeah, I really, like really cool. chill out then I'll have something big. Yeah. Well, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being Thank here. So I appreciate it. Okay. Awesome. That's- And that is all for today's episode of Manja the Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in once again. Remember to go ahead and follow us over on our Instagram. We are at manja underscore NYC underscore official. So make sure you stay tuned to see when our other episodes are coming out. Thank you guys for tuning in. Catch you guys in the next one.